This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. I'm your host. My name is Art Wiederman. I'm a dental-specific CPA located in Southern California in the city of Tustin, and I'm also a proud member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, which is 24 CPA firms across the United States that represent over 9,000 dentists. And I am talking to you right now on Sunday, May 3rd. Uh, this is about the sixth week. We are, I was watching 60, I was 60 minutes. I was watching Face the Nation this morning. We are 64 days into the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we're starting to see dental offices in the United States starting to open up in some states. And we'll talk about that. But I have a treat for you today, and I have three members of our Academy of Dental CPAs, BJ Karcher, Bob Gray, and Mark Rosen, and we're going to do, uh, we're going to call this show uh, PPP Forgiveness Strategies and Opening Strategies with the ADCPA Dream Team or Brain Trust or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to be going back and forth with the four of us talking about all of this today. Where are we? Where are we going? And what should you be doing? Many of you have gotten your PPP money already. And uh, some of you are about to get it. Some of you haven't even applied. So we're going to talk about all of that in a, in a minute. I want to give you some information before I introduce my, my three very, very good friends. I've been looking forward to this all week. So you're going to get a lot of really good information today. If you want to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, the number is 714-505-9000. If you have a question for me, and I have answered literally hundreds of dentist questions all over the United States. I mean, from Maine to Florida to Texas, all over. I'm, I'm answering it. I think I've gotten to every one of them, and I'll continue to do that to help the dental profession. Um, I'm at artwiederman at gmail.com. Please go to our partner's website, which is the fantastic magazine called Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. They have great clinical articles, great CE courses, a great thing for you to do while you're not in your dental office. For example, this week they had articles on corona transmission in dental settings and OSHA guidelines on reusing disposable 95 mas uh, N95 masks. So go ahead and look at that. You can also find our podcasts on there. And uh, if you are not working with a dental-specific CPA, folks, uh, if there has been any time in your career to do that, this is the time, and we've got your back. We've got you covered. Uh, you want to go to our website, which is www.adcpa.org. We have a lot to cover today, and I've got three of my best friends in the Academy of Dental CPAs. I wish I could have all 24 firms on here, but uh, that 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 doesn't work on a podcast. So um, I have my dear, dear friends, and I'm going to introduce them to you and let them tell you a little bit about their firms. And we're going to talk about all that's going on and all how we, uh, the advice we're giving to our clients, what's going on and, and how are these SBA work, loans working. Uh, our organization is, is literally at the cutting edge of all this. So I'm going to start off. Uh, first of all, Mark Rosen, BJ Coucher, Bob Gray, welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Thanks, Art. Thank you, Art. 
And uh, I'm going to start with uh, ladies first. I'm going to introduce first uh, my dear friend, BJ Coucher. BJ is a partner in Coleman, in the, in the CPA firm of Coleman, Eureka, Alfred and Karcher, PA. Uh, BJ is in beautiful Columbia, South Carolina. How you doing, Beach? I am doing great. Thank you, Art, for having me today. It is an honor to be with you and, um, my ADCPA friends here. All right. So, B, B, tell tell us a little bit about your journey and your firm. And and uh, I I know uh, I know Tim and all the folks over there in Columbia that you guys do such a great job. So, tell us a little bit bit about you and your firm. So, Art, um, thank you. Um, twenty twenty marks my twentieth year of being in dental accounting. Um, my firm, um, my partner, Tim Offord, um, you know, Sue Eureka and Rob Coleman, um, and, and the team here. So we, uh, work with dental clients throughout the Southeast corridor. So we're really with North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, parts of Georgia, as you know, Kate Williford, um, handles the majority of the Georgia area. Um, I originally started out, as you know, with the Ohio ADCPA firm. You did. I was a graduate of The Ohio State University and spent a good part of my beginning career with Jim Boltz in The Ohio Firm. And then um, decided to move uh, south um, and purchase the ADCPA firm that was in South Carolina. The weather was much better here. As I mentioned earlier, 90 degrees and sunny here today. So... Um, I began my journey um, down south. Well, you you and I have you and I have played golf together at our ADCPA meetings. But one of the most valuable things, BJ, that you and your team introduced me to when you had your meeting in Ohio is, I you introduced me to Honey Jack Daniels, and that was so good. <laughs> Regular Jack Daniels, I can't even go near. But Honey Jack is wonderful. So I will thank you forever for that. So welcome, welcome on. We had to get warm for that Ohio State football game. Oh, my God. That was so cold. I can't even tell you. Anyway, all right. Let's go to Mr. Bob Gray. Bob is a partner in Gray Pilgrim and Associates um, in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, Bob is, uh, first of all, Bob is a dear friend. Well, all these people are my dear friends. But Bob uh, Bob is an amazing, amazing dental CPA Um he he has always says that if your CPA doesn't know the difference between uh, medial and distal, uh, you may not be want to talk to them, right, Bob? So how you doing? That's true. That's true. So I started. Yeah, Art. Thank you again. It's an honor to be invited to this. Uh, this is a quite a group here, and you've done some amazing podcasts. You you really are good at what you do. So thank, thank you, you, Art. But I would tell you, I started my career with a, a firm called American Medical Dental Management, and uh, right out of college, I went to work. And they put me in, they had physicians and dentists, but they put me in the dental division because I was married to a hygienist. And that was the reason I, I do know mesial from distal and buccal from lingual. And I can actually point to tooth number eight. And so that's why at the end of the day, <laughs> uh, I think I just drifted towards dental. But I've done it all my life. Ever since then, that's all I've ever done is actually help dentists. And I think, you know, for our firm... We actually wind up with clients all over the United States because I've been an instructor at the Henry Shines Dental Business Institute, right, Milwaukee, and many of the students, plus a lot of the lecturing and the things that I've done through the years. Um, you know, we have clients in California, up in New England, down in Florida, I and mean, they're everywhere. And so I, I'm happy to help clients wherever they are. 
Oh. And and you are let me be a part of this today. Yeah, and 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 by the way, if if you and you'll you'll get to have Bob's contact information as well as Mark's and and BJ's. Uh, not only will will we give it out on this podcast, but it will also be in the meeting notes on the decision in dentistry and our website. Um, uh, there is nobody that I have ever met who knows more about wine than Bob Gray. Bob, <laughs> I, we were in Minneapolis, and I said to Bob, "So so Bob, I'm, I'm looking for a good Pinot Noir." 45 minutes later, I knew everything I ever wanted to know about Pinot Noir, the history of Pinot Noir, uh, what the different good and bad ones were. And I have, and Bob actually at our, at the meeting I held in Huntington Beach, Bob held a wine tasting and it was unbelievable. So, uh, for, for better or worse, my wife and I have been Napa enthusiasts for years and I do have a wine cellar in my basement with about 1200 bottles of wine in it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, we, we, we really right. do love collecting nice things. Sounds good. Thank, thanks a lot, Bob. And then last but certainly not least is my good friend Mark Rosen. Mark is, uh, uh, Mark is a partner with uh, Rosen and Associates in Westboro, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Boston. Um, I, I met, I met his dad, Larry, who is the founder of the firm. And, um, uh, Mark is, Mark and I have played golf and, uh, uh, Mark, I mean, so, so this is amazing. On April 2nd, uh, the, uh, Treasury Secretary announced that this, this PPP program was coming out on the 3rd. What was it? At like midnight that night, you and Jeff Kristoff, Mark, uh, you and Jeff Kristoff were like in a studio recording. How did that, how was that? Yeah, so th- thanks, Art. Uh, just like BJ and Bob, uh, definitely, definitely honored to be here, especially with some of my good ADCPA friends, of course. But uh, yeah, that that uh, came about pretty quickly. Um, I guess w- what happened there was the SBA, as we know, is are changing things left and right, and we figured it out at around eleven o'clock. Uh, recorded a webinar on Zoom at around eleven forty-five, twelve. Taped it. Um, for about 20 minutes, and then I figured out how to actually send it out in a newsletter, and we sent that out around one in the morning. So, like you said, staying on top of things. But, um, but as you mentioned, uh, I'm from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, my office is in Westboro, Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Um, I work alongside with my father, along with four other partners. But my my father started the firm years ago. Uh, had an idea to get take a bunch of dentists and start doing work with them. And we've grown the office uh, significantly, working with about 800 practices plus um, throughout New England and have ventured into the DSO world a little bit, which just like Bob takes us all over the country uh, a little bit, uh, out in California and Ohio and Florida, uh, just dabbling into the DSO uh, world there, but primarily uh, New England-based. And we have a... Um, a uh, transition company, uh, more dental transitions, which Maria, you've had my partner Maria on before. Yes. And then also we have a, uh, a consulting firm too, uh, Rosen Dental Consulting. So we're um, trying to do it all and help the dentists as much as we can. So this is awesome to have us on. And, uh, you know, we've been talking quite frequently with all the stuff going on. So oh. thanks again for, for making us a part of this. Well, my pleasure, Mark. So let's get right into this because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, and I'm going to let, uh, again, I'm going to do something, folks, that is very, very difficult, rare, and unprecedented for me. I'm not going to talk a lot on this podcast because you got three of the absolute premier dental CPAs in the nation right here for you. I'm going to let them disseminate this information. Uh, guys, let's start off with the idle loans because that, that was the first thing that came out. Can, can one of you guys take it, explain what the options are on the idle? Where are we with these? What do we use it for? So why don't you just start talking? All right. I'll, uh, I'll, t- I'll touch base here. So it looks like, so 
Art, the fact that you're not going to talk, you probably the reason you got three big talkers on here with you. So I think any of us could uh, could handle the podcast if you weren't here. So again, thanks a lot. But the Out Alone was sort of the the appetizer a little bit. We we first got a little enticed by, hey, we're going to give you ten thousand uh, dollars, a flat ten thousand dollars initially for applying for this, and originally it came out that said they would give it to us in three days. And so people started applying. Uh, they went to the website, took about four or five hours. It crashed several times. And within about four days of that, they changed the, they changed the application three times. Uh, they changed it to an Adobe file. Uh, and then they made it just a very quick 10 minute, um, application. And it, what we come to find out is the application finally at the end, that was for the $10,000 and it was only 1000 per employee. And so many people have started to get that 10, and that was sort of to get people going, to get something in your bank account. But in reality, what people were really applying for was a much larger loan. Um, I've had clients already get upwards of $500,000 of this loan, and this uh, economic loan, economic injury disaster loan, uh, it was really there to for working capital, to be used for anything business-related. Um, I don't think the government knew how many people would apply for this off the bat. So we sort of crashed the system a bunch. And I don't know how much it's beginning to come out a little more. Um, and BJ and, and Bob, you may have clients just like me that are starting to get emails about, hey, uh, your, your SBA loan is in process. And so that idle loan had to go directly to the SBA, not through a bank. So I've had clients get $2,000 for having two employees up to $10,000. So we've seen that come out and that just landed in people's bank accounts. I think surprising. I don't think anyone knew it was coming. All of a sudden they saw money in the account and now we're starting to see these, these full idle loans, which are a 30 year 3.75% loan, 12 months of deferrals and uh, no, yeah, 12 months of deferrals, no right. payments for the 12 months. And then you can start to, to pay that over time. No prepayment penalties. So one of the better loans you're probably ever going to get. So, so what do we use this money for? So this money can be used for straight up working capital. Uh, you can use it for the supplies, the repairs. Well, as we're going to get into it, I'm sure the PPE equipment that you're going to need to buy when you're going back. Uh, you cannot refinance your other debt with it. Uh, you can't just take out a six and a half percent loan that you've had sitting on the books. Uh, but the credit card bills that have built up over the last couple of weeks, you haven't been able to pay for, you can use it for that. And outside of the PPP money, which we'll talk about, you could use it for payroll, rent, and those type things, but um, but primarily it's just a, a normal working capital loan, uh, not to be taken as a distribution. Can't take it out yourself. Uh, can't you know? I don't know if I'd advise using for discretionary expenses like your car or meals and entertainment or, or travel. That's not straight business. I would I would stick to the hundred percent business related stuff. All right, and and we're starting to see people get these idle loans, guys. And um, um, maybe this is money we use after the PPP money is gone for working capital if we're not fully up. What do you think about that? I think that's a great plan, Art. Um, you know, it, it, I think Mark said it uh, originally. This was to come out first, and and they were hoping to get that money out, and then it kind of stopped, and it went to PPP, got out first, and and now we're starting to see the idle. So this could actually be a really good thing. Because it could be coming in that second wave and you're getting in as your eight weeks of the PPP funding is being exhausted. And so now you have another opportunity, you know, another avenue to be able to use um, those funds. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, the, so we've covered the idol. We pretty much know they can still apply for the idol and they've got a streamlined process. And they, and, they, and, and, and I, and do you guys think if they haven't applied for idol, they should? Well, I'm going to ask the question. Has anyone seen, I have not seen anyone that just applied for the quick $10,000 get the money. I've only seen someone who did the original longer application where they submitted tax returns and a, a personal financial statement. I've seen those people get it in. They're in, in the system. But anyone who just applied for the 10 and has not been asked to send in additional information, I have not seen any of them get the money. Bob, have you? Or No, I, I would agree. There's been none of our clients, and they've all actually received, finally, the, the initial uh, what we thought was going to be a three- or four-day you know, a cash flow bump at that thousand dollars per employee. But I, we've not had any client contacted by the SBA that had an, the quick idle loan application. But I, you know, I would agree with you, Mark. And for the clients we have that are going to be considering the possibility of modifying their office, you know, I've talked to clients that said, well, my gosh, I'm going to have to put a HEPA filtration system now in my HVAC. Maybe I'm going to make some other changes to the office. Who knows? But you know, if anything like that, the <laughs> Uh, PPP loan would not be something you want to use that for. The idle loan would be something that they would be helpful for those kind of office modifications. That That's right. And you can't, it even says you're not even allowed to use it for repairs, which is interesting. But, um, but yeah, it's working capital. So, you know, maybe you get your PPP money after eight weeks, you spend it if that's what you decide to do. And then you've got working capital afterwards. So I want to spend a lot of time on PPP because that's what everybody's talking about. That's what everybody wants to know. And I want to start off by saying, and we all know this, the most frustrating thing that has gone on for all of us in the ADCPA as advisors is we have yet to receive guidance. So, okay, we're all, all four, all three of you are going to, to, to say this at the same time. So repeat after me because there's a lot of questions are going to be asked and the answer is going to be this. You're going to say, I'm sorry, we don't have the guidance yet. So, okay, ready? One, two, three. Go ahead, all three of you. I am sorry. I'm sorry, we don't have the guidance yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, all of us have said that like umpty ump zillions of times. So, now, mind you, this is being recorded on Sunday, May 3rd. This will come out on the internet on Wednesday morning, May 6th. So, it is conceivable, folks, that you will have that guidance by then. Um, if not, it's just going to get harder and harder for us to give you advice, but we're going to give you what we know. And so let's get into this PPP. Let's start off with people, uh, team that, that we have not had, that have not applied for this long. All right. Uh, this morning, the SBA came out and told us that, that of the 310 billion that was added to the pot about a week and a half ago, 175 billion has been accounted for. So there's still money left. So talk about kind of, let's talk to people who, you know, they, they, they've been busy. They haven't done it. They didn't know what it was. Talk to people who haven't applied for this. What should they do? I mean, first of all, I think I owe BJ a dollar. I think we bet a dollar about a week ago, and I said this money would be gone by Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, and we could talk about why. But I, I, I figured that would would go pretty quickly. But um, if those that haven't applied yet, uh, you may be in the best situation of them all. Uh, if you're able to, if you were able to get to this point after. 64 days or whatever uh, the number of days where they all blend together uh, at this point. Seems like one long day that's not ending. Um, but uh, 
at some point, you obviously want to get the money when it when you open. And I know we're going to talk more about that. But if you haven't applied yet, there's clearly still money available. Um, so getting into a bank and speaking with the bank, whether it's yours or another, uh, to, to get that money, it may not be a bad opportunity once you hear what we believe you should do. Should, should they be applying with the bigger banks, smaller banks? What are you guys thinking? Well, our, you know, there, there was a day last week where the smaller banks were actually given preference and they were given an eight-hour window where they could do it. But I think what's happened is that it's not at this point, it might not make a big difference whether you do the bigger or the small loans. I talked to one of the representatives of PNC Bank, and as you know, they have a big presence in the dental industry. And they said that 97% of the loan applications they had on file had already been approved. And so, you know, again, I, I, I would echo what Mark said. It's going to turn out that some, ironically, some of the people who are in the front line may be that have the lowest amount of forgiveness. Because if your office wasn't open and you didn't have the ability to your staff, you know, it may be a, turn out to be a good thing back of the line. You get your money now and could actually time it perfectly that your office opened on the day that you got this loan. Maybe that's going to turn out to be the best. Who so knows? so I know I know that some states have opened. I, I know that in my neighborhood, Nevada opened. Um, Oregon has opened. I know that Indiana has opened. What, do you guys know what other states in your areas have opened or are going to open? Well, uh, our, our South Carolina was one of the seven states that didn't fully close down until the very end. And right. so we're, the Carolinas are, are opening. Um, uh, at, I mean, the last two weeks, we've kind of already started to open. Um, and I, I think that's just going to continue. So most of our North Carolina practices will uh, have a plan to be open within the next week. And then South Carolina, May 11th. Okay. So. In Massachusetts, uh, and we'll, it seems like we're going to order here because Massachusetts is May 18th right now. Uh, New Hampshire is about May 4th. Connecticut's May 20th. Uh, Maine is, is right around there too. But Massachusetts has become a big hotspot, uh, for the COVID-19. I mean, we are, our numbers are not really going down. And we just moved about three days ago from May 4th. Um, to, um, to May 18th. And if I had to guess, we're going to, we're going to get pushed out even further. So we're not opening. Uh, Art and I discussed even golf courses are not open in Massachusetts, which breaks my heart. But, um, for now they're not, uh, but, um, it, it's going to, I think it's going to push out there. So the planning is beginning. Uh, but, uh, I think it's going to get, uh, going to push out further. Yeah. So when I told Mark, Mark that I had played golf yesterday, he, um, uh, he, he was not happy to hear that, but he did tell me that he's going to spend four days driving out to California to play golf with me. And so if you want to get a hold of Mark next week, you, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, um, I might be. yeah, you might so, be. So Mark, That's right. I have to tell you though, that uh, the, the state of Illinois pushed back to May 31st to uh, the governor Pritzker pushed it back to the 31st, but the golf course is opened today. I'm sorry, yesterday. So if you want to play golf, come to Illinois. Halfway. Halfway. It's, it's, it's less to save you gas money and stuff. All right, so let, let's get let's get a little bit more into this, and then after after this next point, I'm, I, I want you guys to give out your your contact information because it's really important that everybody can get a hold of you if they need help. So, uh, you know, the, you apply for the loan just real quick. It's you know, you figure out your average payroll costs. It's two and a half times, and I'm going to assume most people have have applied. Okay, so now now what's happening? There, there's three phases to this. The first phase is the application phase. You file the application. You file it with your bank. You get it done. Um, 
And by the way, real quick before I leave the application phase, uh, maybe some advice on some places they can apply that they might have a better chance. I know, Bob, you mentioned uh, bigger banks, but but maybe some smaller banks that you guys have had some success with. Anybody? Yeah, Good. I, I would say so. Many of the community banks, again, were the were the people last week on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the smaller banks that have less than a billion dollars in assets, and I know we mentioned a couple of those are, but I, I again, I, I think it's. It may be more of a, co- a opportunity to contact the banker and say, "Are you accepting? Where are we in line?" And you know, may, it may be on a bank by bank basis at this point. Right. So we we um we work with um we work with a bank called Northeast Bank uh, up in actually based out of Maine, but you can apply online uh, northeastbank.com, and they've been they've treated my clients uh, VIP. Uh, they have a smaller bank, and I talked to the. CEO uh, just yesterday or the day before and said, are you still accepting it? He said, as long as there's money, we're going to help out. Uh, the client actually doesn't, they don't have to open a, uh, an account there. They just need to reference uh, the Rosen name or maybe the ADCPA uh, name there. And um, they'll let, you know, VIP treatment and every client that had gone that route that had trouble with the big banks early on have gotten funded. It's been, uh, it, it's been great with the smaller bank. Okay. Uh, yeah, and in our area too, uh, South State Bank has been great too. Um, just above and beyond of, of working with the dental clients and, and helping them get that funding, um, and, and having it turn around really quickly. So, uh, you know, I think South State's been great. I, I've also heard PayPal that a lot of people have had a success with PayPal. So very quick. Yep. They've been very quick. Yep. That, that's good. So real quick, I want, I want you, the three of you to give out your contact information, folks. Um, and, and by the way, again, go to our website, www.adcpa.org. I, I will tell you, I, I've gotten hundreds of emails on my Gmail account, and please keep them coming. I will help every single dentist. This is a legacy moment for our group to help the dentists of America through this time. Um, th- this is about helping you, getting you this information, and getting you through a once-in-a-lifetime uh, situation. So, you know, give any of of us a call. We have resources. We have banks. We have attorneys. We have we have all the resources, and and we we know how to walk you through this, which we're going to do in a minute. So, let me start off. Bj, how how can folks get a hold of you? What states are you covering? What do you general? Where do you generally work, and how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. All right. So um, you are welcome to get in contact with me. I work mostly in North Carolina and South Carolina, are where the majority of my clients um, are located. You can reach me at either 803-454-0310, or you can email me, um, bj at cu-cpa.com. Okay. Bob Gray, how do we get a hold of you, and where do you work? Yeah, so again, we're, you know, we have offices in, in Pennsylvania, office in, right outside of uh, Chicago and suburban Illinois, um, but you can reach me at area code 717. 717- Two six three eight seven one three, or just email me at bob at rgray, which is r g r a y dot net. Mr. Rosen, how do we get a hold of you? All right, so we handle the the New England states, upstate New York. Also, uh, you can call five zero eight nine two six. 2400 uh, is the phone number there. And then email address is mrosen, that's M-R-O-S-E-N, at rosendentalcpa.com. 
Great. Thanks, guys. And, and it, this will be on the show notes. This will be on our website. So it'll be on Decision and Dentistry's website. And if you want to get a hold of any of these three great, great people, um, I can get you in touch with them. So, all right. So let's get into this PPP and how this whole forgiveness works. First of all, let's talk about um, we have some rules that we have to use. So let, let's just use $100,000 because it's Sunday and my brain is fried, as is all the three of your brains are fried. We've been living this nightmare for six weeks. So let's use $100,000. So uh, one of you guys uh, get a call from a client says, I got my PPP money. I got $100,000 that's being deposited into my account on Monday. Now what do we do? All right, guys, how do we use this money? What are the rules? And let's start this discussion. All right. Well, I guess I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start off. So my first question as I get calls like that, uh, and from clients and non-clients, I've gotten the question is tell me where you're at. Uh, where are your employees at? When are you opening your doors? When are you allowed to open your doors? So like we had the discussion before you've won on air, the fact that you got the money right now doesn't mean you need to start spending it. Uh, and I think that's the most important. BJ, actually, I will quote you. Uh, BJ had a great quote in one of her uh, webinars that she did. And she said, the unemployment simply now has made you the unemployment office, right? The unemployment was paying people to be home. And instead, they gave you money to then pay the employee, which so the unemployment numbers would come down. And so right off the bat, I, you know, I look at this very much like uh, a 1% loan, which we can go into the details alone, a 1% loan that has the ability to have forgiveness to it. So I think you should run your business the way you're, you should want to run your business. When people are working, pay them, uh, actually doing work, but pay your rent because it can be used for, right, payroll costs, rent, utilities. So we know what our rent and utilities are, and then we're going to start paying people along the way. So you were giving me $100,000. I will tell you, let's look at when you're going to open, and then we'll start to evaluate who we can pay and how much we can pay. And because we lack some guidance, which I've never said the word guidance so many times in my entire <laughs> life, because we lack it, it's like a bad drinking game, unfortunately. Um, so be, because we lack that a little bit, you know, the advice that we want to give uh, sometimes is uh, a little difficult because we're still waiting on some of the rules. I mean, for example, uh, I, I think I heard one of you say, Bob, Bob I think you said Illinois uh, might, might open May, say May 31st. One of the states is opening May 31st, I think. Yeah, May 31st. And so, Art, the problem is if you gave me $100,000 today, uh, it would not really be that beneficial for me to try to bring people in, even if it was in within six feet distance and into my, you know, my empty office just to try to help create new policies or, you know, work with new systems we're going to try to, you know, and do. There's, there's just not enough productivity that's going to happen in the office at that time period. Right. Plus, if I'm a, a parent who has, you know, child care issues and things like that, it's going to cost me more money. It's great to stay at home and, and skip all the child care. And the last thing is that if you, I do, you do put people on payroll, as Mark said, just to be the new unemployment office, the problem is that it costs the office 7.65% of those payroll dollars, which cannot be forgiven, just to be the replacement for the unemployment office. And so it's expensive for the employer to pay people to stay home. I, I'm, we're telling all the clients, if you cannot get your office open in a short period of time here, such as Illinois, which may be out to the end of the month, you have no real benefit to immediately start to try to put people back on payroll. Let them stay on unemployment, use the money now to pay rent, utilities, and those utilities do include telephone and internet. And 
you know, use that money now, pay the doctor now, do those sort of things. But I, I think you still need to wait until you're maybe a week, a few, a few days or something away from opening the office when you can actually spend some productive staff back together. Okay. And, and, and we talked about that before we went on air here today. And, 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 the, uh, uh, you know, one other option that they do have, and that's, that's great points is, you know, doctors, if you want to get your team ready and organized and, and, and your state may be two or three weeks away, do you need two or three weeks to get organized, call all your patients, start scheduling, get ready for an opening? That would be a reason to maybe put them on payroll. Again, there's no right answer here. It all depends on your individual situation, right, guys? Correct. Yeah. And I think, I think what we're all, I think what we're all saying here is when you get those funds, it is time for you to start planning. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's time to start spending or not spending. It is, this is a case where you must plan if you are planning on wanting forgiveness in this loan. Doesn't mean that you, you may end up using it as the 1% um, loan that Mark talked about or Bob talked about. And it, and it really depends on when you're going to open and all of this. Key things that we're all saying here, you have to plan. That's right. You, you need to figure out what, what are you going to do? Um, are you going to hang on to this money and use it as working capital? Mark, that's something you've said all along in all of our webinars and with the ADCPA uh, is, is, you know, maybe this is just working capital money that we use for, for after the eight weeks. I don't know. Right. You just got to be careful. I mean, we call it working capital, but the idle money, that working capital is true working capital, right? Uh, lab, dental supplies, you know, office supplies, great. This one, we call PPP money, working capital. We still mean it still has to be used for payroll, rent, and utilities. That's in, you signed off on it, you, and your certifications, it said under criminal law or whatnot, you, this is what you have to use it for. So even outside the eight weeks, you still have to use it for that. You may not have to track it as much because I'm not sure, as I always talk about, I don't know who's grading your paper. Who's the teacher, the bank or the SBA that says I get forgiveness or don't get forgiveness? I'm not quite sure yet. Um, they haven't quite told us yet, um, but we've created spreadsheets that you can download on my website and other ADCPA members have the uh, PPP tracker sheet to make sure we get there. But I just think there's too much of the word on forgiveness. If we told you in February, I'm going to give you a 1% loan, you would where do I get in line? And now all of a sudden, you, you, the word forgiveness, now you just want to throw it away. And Mark, I would tell you too, that a lot of clients feel like they're in a rush, as BJ said, to pay it or use the money right away. But I've talked to several clients who have said, Bob, you know, we have so many hygiene patients that are backed up right now that I think I'm going to wind up working a couple nights and maybe some Saturdays and way more hours in the first few weeks once we get open. And I'm going to space patients out perhaps in the beginning. We're going to do some other things that are going to cost us to expand hours and extend hours, which is going to cost more in payroll. So it's possible that it's not that bad of a thing to hold on to the money for, a, you know, two weeks. You said like, you know, maybe some states around there be open in two weeks. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe if you have to incur some overtime, you'll still use the PPP money, but you'll be using it in more hours as you're opening. So. The one of the things we don't know yet, and you know, um, we don't know yet, and I've been asked the question several times are, well, what if I just, if I'm not opening for four weeks and I want to get forgiveness in the fifth week, why don't I just pay those employees 
eight weeks worth of money and, and, and now I've spent it all. I've spent it in the eight weeks. I've given them prepaid them for several weeks, but the answer is, we don't know that you can't do that yet, oh, right? Or, right? And Mark, and the other thing we've asked a lot of times, we've had some people that said, listen, my hygienist is really, really reluctant to come back. You know, he, he or she is really, you know, worried about the virus, et cetera. What if I paid them a thousand dollar, I'm going to call it a COVID bonus, an incentive bonus to come back to work and get off unemployment? What, what if that, if I do that, is that covered under the PPP line? And again, the answer is who knows? And so until they offer this guidance, there's a lot of, a lot of unanswered questions. So what, what's interesting is I've gotten a lot of clients here in California. Their number one objective is forgiveness, which is contrary to what Bob you're talking about, which is using this as a business decision. And again, we're, we're not making any recommendations here, guys. We're just giving our doctors on the, on this podcast choices to be thinking about. So let, let's talk for a minute. If you want maximum forgiveness, how do we do this? So I'll, I'll start with that and let, and let uh, each of you kind of jump in and, and go with that. Again, I'm going to go back to the planning tool. And there are some uh, three, three or four things that we're going to talk about, but I, I do encourage everybody out there to take those PP trackers that are out there and that you're downloading and use them as a planning tool. So go ahead and dump your employees' estimated payroll cost in there. You know, you had to do those calculations on the front end, do them right now as a planning tool. And then those trackers will actually tell you how much is, most of them are designed to tell you how much is going to be forgiven or how much more you need to spend. Or um, if your categories are not um, correct. So I do encourage that first and foremost. I am a planner. Um, and I think that everybody's hung up on this forgiveness. And I think everybody is, is like Mark said, really kind of uh, struggling to get it out of their mind, the forgiveness part. So if you use it, if you plan first, you will, you will at least know what you're, what you're looking at. And then I'm going to say, so everybody knows the 75-25 rule. Um, so 75% of it does need to be spent on payroll. 25 can be spent on rent and utilities. Um, Bob, do you want to go next step? Yeah, with so I, yeah I would say, so let's, let's, Art, let's just take a $100,000 PPP loan. I think the first thing to do is just to say, look, in, in a two-month period, is it possible for me to spend more than $25,000 in rent and utilities? What's my rent? You know, what's the average been in that time period? Because if my rent, if all those things only equal $20,000, again, if the goal was maxim maximizing, in that example, I have to spend $80,000 now in payroll to have my entire $100,000 loan. But mathematically, if we figure how I, I actually got this loan, I only had $75,000 at my average payroll in that right. time period. So now, but now I got to spend eighty. dollars so again, but I, I'm telling clients, well, again, maybe that's a good thing though. What if you hired some interns towards the end of this eight week period? What if you did not burn it up in overtime, but you hired, we're going to call some temporary employees, hire two or three people at the front desk that are, I'm going to call them try-ons. Maybe in that we're going to give you a month. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to give you some training and maybe the best of you stay. Maybe none of you stay, but I have some PPP money to use at my discretion to try on a few employees to see how it goes. And again, that money would still be forgiven. But if you were already going to burn up the full 25000 in this example, utilities, you don't have any money left. When you bring your staff back, you're probably going to spend it. So I think, it's, again, it's on an individual basis. It depends on how 
soon my office gets open, how big my rent is. Everyone's got to do what BJ said and take your planner and plug in your own data to figure out what the best way is for you to maximize. I, 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 that, that's, that's great, Bob. I want to touch on one thing. We have all gotten phone calls and here's the phone call. Mark, uh, you know, I, I've talked to, I have six employees and four of them are really, really angry that I'm going to put them back on payroll because they're making 20% more on unemployment uh, than they were making uh, on payroll and they're threatening to quit or they're threatening this or they're threatening that and they're not happy. And um, talk about working with a labor attorney. That is so important. You cannot give folks, you cannot give labor advice. So talk about that a little bit. No, I mean, we, we have been asked that question, and I joke on almost every webinar that uh, I may have stayed at a Holiday Inn last night, but I am not an employment lawyer, uh, although I play one on TV <laughs> very often. But um, uh, yeah, when you, it is definitely a question, and I've already had several clients struggle with, you know, that $600 kicker that uh, everyone is getting on unemployment, uh, which only lasts, I believe, till the end of July. Right. And so there will be a time where th- that is no longer uh, outweighing what your job is. But I also know that in certain areas, once people are offered a job back, if they don't accept that job, that may then forgive, you know, n- prevent them from getting empl- uh, unemployment. And so you need to be very careful of that too, because there will be people out there looking for jobs and seeing the, ben- the benefits, whether it's retirement or health insurance or the other benefits that come along with being employed. But I think people uh, need to seek the advice of an employment lawyer uh, if you are, you are having any troubles or you want to fire people because they won't come back or if they're having childcare and they're nervous to come back, uh, you, it's a very fine line. And w- the CPAs and you are not the right people that will make that final decision as to what can, can happen. But you had referenced it before, or BJ may have. I mean, this is the time to do your employee manual. This is the time to say, if you do X, this is what happens and make sure you're getting the advice of the, the legal people in your state, right? Because you don't want to go on the internet and get a manual because that could be the manual in Illinois, you know, where Bob is. And I got a guy in Massachusetts, very different rules. So I would, as much as I can, that is where the employment team uh, of the law, law firm definitely needs to come into play. 100% agree with Mark, 100%. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing that I, I'll jump in and say is that not only do you have to do what Mark said, which is spot on, but you need to have the answers to the questions before your team asks. So, so you get, you get this PPP money. And, and it's going in your bank account on May 5th. And you decide that you're going to put everybody back on payroll on May 5th. And if that's the choice that you make, that, that's a perfectly acceptable choice. In fact, that's what the government wants you to do. But what's going to happen is, is what are you going to do when Susie calls you and says, oh, Dr. Rosen, this is really upsetting to me. I, I'm, you know, I'm a single mom and, and, and I'm making, I, I'm getting an extra $500 a month and that may not be a lot to you. And, and, and see, you have to be prepared, doctors, for, to answer that question. Because as you know, guys, everything you say can and will be held against you at the labor board in a court of law. I've been deposed as an expert witness 15 times. Um, it, it, when I've been representing people, litigators are nasty. So that's something too. Um, so uh, any more comments on this on this one? Yeah, the only other thing I want to say is Bob introduced me to an attorney um, earlier this week. Um, and they had uh, uh, 
provided a documentation of some things that not only that you will need for patients when you reopen the practice, but from a liability standpoint of what you need to have completed for your team um, from a liability standpoint. So the questions that you're talking about are, are, are questions that we're all getting, but there's also another set, meaning have you done the things in your office? Have you had them watch a COVID video? Have you had them sign off that you have thought about these questions and that you're, you have protocols in place. And I thought it was a really good article. Bob, the attorney's name. Um, is David Hockman. Yes. Yes. David Hockman from Rotzel and Associates. And I would tell you that they, they, they published a newsletter that talked about all the different policies that are going to have to be either modified or actually implemented and changed. No one saw these things coming, right? This is a new world. And so the questions about, you know, employee protocol and patient protocol, what are you going to do? What, the things you need to have in writing. And again, if you contact any one of the ADCPA members, you can get a copy of that newsletter because we passed it all around to everyone. I think it's really some interesting reading before you open your office. Mm-hmm. So we had just uh, actually about on, on Wednesday and Thursday, myself, uh, I, I moderated actually two webinars on one Wednesday, one Thursday, which you can go to our website and get, and it's called Getting Ready for Opening Day. And the first one is preseason, and it talks all about getting your staff ready, getting your forms ready, really getting your scripting ready when you're calling the patients. And then the second one, both went over two hours uh, with some great, uh, my consulting team, the first one, and um, Summit Dental Partners uh, is who we also partnered with there uh, to do that. And it was much more of a clinical side once you got into the office. So, I mean, Art, you had mentioned, hey, tomorrow we're going in. But I would highly advise the office, you should be telling them two weeks in advance, finding the information out. And like Bob said, if they're not coming back, you need to figure that out. But maybe there are some interns that will come back or will come in to help you. And it gives you time to find other employees if you're looking to do that. And and sadly, everyone, 30 million people in this country in the last four weeks have filed for unemployment. There's lots of good people. And it may very well be that that employee who is not the team player and maybe that employee who you've wanted to get rid of forever and ever and ever, and you just haven't done it or you haven't wanted to do it. Maybe that employee is going to give you that, <laughs> that opening. Now you have to talk to the labor attorney, but there's lots of good people out there that are looking for work and it's, it's, it's horrible. It, I mean, you know, I, I, it, 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 it's horrible. Um, can we touch on the, um, the, the, the rule of the full-time equivalents? I know, uh, wait a minute. Let's do this again, guys. One, two, three. We don't have guidance, right? No guidance. No guidance. guidance. You you can ask us all you want, but I I, I know the words full-time equivalent. I see the letters FTE, but uh, the definition, as far as I know, has not not been put out yet. Uh, And so we're still waiting on that. And I think the government looks at it and says, I have till June 30th to let you know what that means. Jeez. (laughs) That's that. Well, the, theoretically, it says. I, I thought I read that it says in the CARES Act they're supposed to give us the the forgiveness guidance in in, in thirty days. And now, I mean, I'm getting people saying, uh, okay, so here's what I want to do. I want to keep everybody on unemployment for seven weeks and six days, and then I'll pay them eight weeks of salary. And I know that the words double dipping have been in the SBA's documents. And so, think about it, guys. Anything that's double dipping, yeah, probably don't want to do so uh, so on the other hand i have to tell you that if you look at your payroll on the 15th of february of 2020 and you look at your payroll on the june 30th if the same number of body counts yeah approximately the same number of total hours were spent 
you probably win, right? You're probably right. Do. But as Mark said, who knows what the real rule will be? Is, is a full-time person 32 hours, 40 hours? Is, a, is 20 hours a half a full-time person? Nobody knows. And, and that's one reason, as we've been talking, is you know if you have the philosophy and you want to keep the money and, and just hang on to it for a little bit, we, we hope we're going to get this guidance this week. I hope so. I mean, I'm I'm giving webinars to, to dental the dental uh, societies here in California that have over 5,000 members on, on Wednesday and Thursday, and they said, we got to get this out. And I said, does it make sense to even do this? We'll give you the best information we have. So, so holding on and not, you know, spending this money immediately unless you absolutely want to bring your team back. So anyway, go ahead, Mark. Uh, oh, BJ, go ahead. BJ. The only other thing I wanted to clarify there is the June 30th date. So if um, it, it is our understanding, if your eight week period is before June 30th, if your eight week period ends before then, you you need to have the full time yes. equivalent at your end of your eight week period. I I, I believe no matter when your eight week period. Two things on that. No, uh, if my eight week period ends June fifteenth, I still need to hit that June thirtieth date. It's not the end of my eight weeks. Uh, but that goes into our original point of don't blow all your money because if you spend all your money and you're opening up very slowly, uh, then you may need money to pay a full run of payroll on June 30th. And I would advise using that PPP money to, to June 30th. So you have some in reserve to be able to use for payroll because my biggest fear I say to clients is you get the money, uh, let's say right now. Okay. And you have eight weeks to spend it. You say, Mark, I did it. I spent all my money. I say, congratulations. It's now, you know, June 5th. And how you doing? We're not going to get collections for a month. You any money? No, I have no more money to pay my employees. And I'm just opening my doors on June 2nd. And there's our problem. Now we have no money to pay everybody. So I, I want to bring up one thing that just popped into my mind because I got a call from a client yesterday. Folks, Read your promissory note. There is a major bank. I am not going to mention a name of a bank. That doesn't mean there's anything bad, but there is a bank and there's probably more that this major bank in the promissory note, it says you must apply for forgiveness within 90 days of the date the money is transferred to you. So if you do not do that, then you may not be able to get forgiveness. You need to read your promissory note. So if, if that's the case, if it's 90 days from the day to get my money, that means 56 days is eight weeks. That means you've got 44 days to apply. And, and, and folks, you have to apply for this forgiveness. So let's, let's go. We got some, we got some time left. I want to get into, you know, eight weeks is going to go by real fast. And everybody is thinking, I get a lot of clients. Oh my God. This is the saving grace. I'm going to, I'm going to be saved forever. But once eight weeks is gone and we've spent this money or maybe, you know, maybe we've kept some of it, we still have to go forward. We don't know what dental offices are going to look like. What have you guys been talking to your clients about as far as planning after the eight weeks, making three month plans, six month plans, other sources of income? Let's get into that discussion for a minute. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, one of it's going to really determine that. And the planning right now, I think, is is very difficult. Because you're not open, uh, I think a lot depends on the public. How fast does the public, well, a couple things. How fast does the, the public come back into a dental office? And how quickly are the practices able to, you know, 
advertising. I really would like the ADA has to push it out there and say the dental office is safer than the grocery store. We've had all these things uh, lined up and we've always had them. And now we're really in tune to the OSHA and all that stuff. So the comfort level of of patients coming back, once I know that we previously saw 50 clients a day, 50 patients a day, and now because of stretched whatever, you can see 20 patients a day. That's when we're going to be able to help plan. Um, the hard part right now is I had a bank ask for a forecasting of six months. I, I threw my hands. I said, I, I have no idea how many patients can walk in the door. Uh, people may be very scared and hopefully they're not. Uh, but planning is, is very difficult. So as we start to open and see what that type of patient flow is, well, now we're going to start to look out there. And I think a lot of it goes into managing personal expenses, right? I think people are taking a really, really hard yes. look at those personal expenses, the $1,200 a month lease, car lease, those type things. That's the kind of planning where they've, they've had to cut down. And now we're, we're looking at the revenue side, but also looking at some of the expense side, I think too is important. Yeah, I agree, Mark. Um, the other thing are, um, that we are kind of really talking about is um, investing in your team right now um, and, and kind of planning what that looks like for the rest of the year. Um, as we all know, we are all you know successful with the team behind us. Um, and even in our own firms and, and especially in the dental practices, and so there is this part that I believe that if the, the team is not feeling comfortable or or that they don't believe in what they're doing, that body language is really going to come off to the patient and so that fear isn't being removed. So we really need to be able to help help our uh, the doctors really need to be able to help their team members get past that fear as well and also how to communicate. Communication to those patients is going to be really, really important. As, as we move forward uh, post-COVID-19. That, that's a really good point. And, and folks, if you do choose to bring your folks back uh, when you get this money, uh, as opposed to waiting until you open up, if you do choose that, call, I, I had one doctor, I've mentioned this before, he, he's my poster child, he called all of his patients and he said, listen, uh, this is, you know, we're here for you. We're, this is going to be the safest place on the planet to come. And they're all saying to him, Yep, we can't wait to see you. We know. So if you've built trust and caring with your patients, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get back. But um, I've got other doctors that are scheduling out and they're saying, you know, we're scheduling for June 1st. We think we're going to be open. So they're calling patients, say, we want to make sure we think we're going to be busy, creating a little bit of urgency. I mean, there, there's all kinds of ways to do this. But but working with your team and communicating with your team is really, really, really important. Um, what do you guys think about, like, just planning for other sources? I mean, say this PPP money runs out and, and it doesn't come back as quickly. Um, I mean, other sources like, you know, lines of credit or retirement plan loans. Are you talking to anybody about those? Yeah, Art, I would tell you the the idle loan, the point of the eventually I think the SBA is going to get back to contacting people that did those rapid idle loan applications. So you will have an opportunity to, as Mark said, to be borrowing some money at 3.75% with a 30-year payback and no prepayment penalty. Well, that certainly would be a better option than borrowing from a pension plan, I would think. You would certainly hope for a better overall long-term rate than 3.75 on your you know retirement plan investments. I would encourage clients to seek that and seek lines of credit as well. Um, but I think, again, it depends on their own policies. You know, are these people going to talk to a number of consultants to say we should do a soft 
right? We're only going to have patients once every 90 minutes, or we're going to spread things out, or we're only going to use operatory one, three, and five. You know, if you do things like that, your revenue stream is really going to be impacted. And so you have decisions to make based on your own, you know, capacity in your own physical plan. So I have been working with uh, uh, one of the banks, um, and I'm not sure I'd say it or not, but one of the banks uh, really. Um, great has a almost like an an equity out working capital. They're lending up to as long as you have current debt, they will actually not SBA debt, but non SBA debt. They will take out the loan and then provide fifteen percent of your last year's collections as working capital. That that's right. That's happy. I, I think it's actually Massachusetts and California, if I remember, because we have the same deal in, in California. I know exactly which one you're talking. It's about. not through Massachusetts, but it's through it's through a bank that that's doing it. Right, um, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 It, it that's out there. And, and again, if you we we all know we get these emails from from all the the different lenders out there. So if you 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 need that information, uh, um, give us a call. So uh, I'm going to change gears just for a second. Um, we still have to do tax returns, right? This year, or can we just like blow the whole thing off? How does that work? Yes, uh, yes. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, right. July fifteenth, the date, and I, I, I'll tell you my biggest fear. And I joked, I joke a little bit with my um, with my director of tax, uh, Jeff Christ, out there. I said, just because they pushed it to July fifteenth, and you're not open, I doubt you may not have that money to pay. July 15th anyway. I don't think pushing it out helps a lot of people to pay their taxes, but it is, uh, it's still going along, uh, obviously trying to get people to refunds as quick as we can, but I'm not sure how fast the government's processing returns, but I think they're trying. Well, I, I will tell you that I've read that, that the IRS is pretty much shut down. Uh, there was articles in the newspaper about uh, amended returns and, and claims for refunds sitting in trucks outside of their offices, uh, trying to get a hold of an IRS. IRS person is, I mean, good luck. But remember, folks, that you're if you're not incorporated, if you're a partner, sole proprietor, independent contractor, your first and second quarter estimated tax payments are due July fifteenth. And and if you ask one of us, um, you know what what is um, uh, what do you think my tax liability is going to be for twenty twenty? Uh, I, I think we can also do this together. Uh, the answer is hell if I know. I think. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I spoke to someone about, and one of the things you really need to think about is this. Let's just say, and I highly encourage people to pay their estimated taxes always, right? Pay your estimated taxes, get the government in. However, if I told you, I don't know how this year is going to go. I have no idea. So if you did not pay any of your estimates and it's going to cost you, and I can calculate roughly what the penalty is, I say for $1,000, for $1,500, maybe you didn't pay any estimated taxes, you held on your money all year and paid it next April, would you do it? And people, sure, uh, uh, great. If you told me it's a $10,000 penalty, fine, I'll start paying some money in. But if it's small dollars for the penalty to give you the option to hold on to your money all year, it might not be bad just because of planning purposes. You know, right now, cash is king, folks. That's I, I've said to people, build your war chest just in case. We don't know what the banks are strong right now. I was listening to the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. The banks are strong. They've got money. They're putting, they're pumping money into the economy. But if, if you get to November and December and you don't have any money, forget about taxes, you don't have any money to pay your employees, uh, you're not going to be able to go to a bank and get a working capital loan. 
and 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 stuff like that. that's just not gonna it's not gonna happen. But again, think past the um, uh, the eight weeks, and uh, and you still have to pay your 2019 taxes uh, by July 15th, or there are penalties and and, and interest. So um, I I want to go around. We 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 covered we covered idle. We covered forgiveness. It's been great great time uh, with you guys. Uh, I I, I want to again tell you, folks. If, if you are not working with a dental specific CPA, and obviously I'm partial to the 24 firms that are part of the academy because we're the premier organization in the country. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask these guys for a minute what, what the last six weeks in their lives have looked like. If you're not, you, you really need to go on to www.adcpa.org and, and, and talk to one of us and, and let us help you. But, um, hey, go around the three of you. What has the last six weeks of your life been like? I'll start our art. Um, so I read an article and I, I think it went around the ADCPA um, when the, when the COVID first started and, and Mark was recording his broadcast to go out hours after things were breaking. Um, but there was an article that CPAs were first responders in a financial crisis. Yeah. I've read that and too. Yeah. And it's, and you know, it's very true. Um, and I, uh, we talked before we went on air. I, I could say that in my 20 years, this is the, you know, been the most stressful six weeks of our careers, um, you know, or at least for myself as, as we went through hours of, um, 24 seven art of, of trying to yep. stay up on the information yep. and trying to get it out to clients and talking to clients who are, you know, are scared or, or fearful and, and, and at the same time thinking about our own businesses. I mean, we're all business owners here too. And so we had to think about our own business and, and also our clients and, and the future and, 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 and those calls that said, where's my tax return? So that was still going on too. <laughs> yeah. Bob? So I have to tell you, so imagine in my family, my wife is also a dental CPA. We work in the same office pretty much day to day. And so you, you cannot get away from it. I mean, it is 24 hours a day. And I, we, we both said we worked harder in the last six weeks than ever worked in our life because we really feel an obligation to help clients get these PPP loans to understand what the options really are and to really jump in and help. And, you, you know, while, as BJ said, while they're saying, oh, by the way, where are my tax returns for the people that are getting refunds? It's, it's double duty. And I do feel like we're first responders. I mean, we don't, we don't get the credit that the, the, uh, the, the police and the ambulance drivers and you know, certainly the, the, the medical people and, and wouldn't deserve, but certainly I, I would say we are economic first responders and it's been a really tough six weeks. Mark? It, yeah, no, I can <clears throat> reiterate what, what, what uh, Bob BJ said. The six weeks is, is difficult and we closed our office on uh, March 16th and went totally virtual. And so we're all working from home, but that's great. But the problem is I, I never stop working, right? So 1231 at uh, one in the morning uh, when we're finishing up ADCPA phone calls and are you on the, uh, on the West coast, I go to bed and you're still working. I wake back up. I have another 30 emails from, from ADCPA stuff. So it, it never stops. But I mean, I really try before I go to bed to respond to every single email and set up phone calls because you just, like you said, you, you, we are in this together because our, our livelihood depends on the dental world, just like theirs do. And so the more we can help, the more we can all be successful. And so I don't want anyone thinking they're on the island by themselves. Well, and I will tell you this folks, uh, and then I'm going to, I'm going to let everybody make some uh, concluding comments and we'll wrap this up. Cause our, our, hour and 15 goes by real fast. Um, 
this is a legacy moment for this group. This group, the Academy of Dental CPAs, which uh, Bob and I were, were 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 two of the founding members of twenty almost twenty years ago. Uh, we met at a in, in a hotel in Scottsdale, Arizona, right around nine the nine eleven uh, terrorist attacks, and and we had no idea it would turn into this amazing group of of men and women. And uh, we were close before this. Uh, this group is closer than we've ever been before. We have shared, we have helped. Um, the thank yous that I've heard that I, I, I've gotten that all you guys have gotten from dentists. Dentists are the most wonderful, caring human beings on the planet. And, and I will tell you guys, um, I mean, I, I love every one of you. Uh, everybody has helped everybody out, you know, phone calls, this, that, the other. Um, it, it's been absolutely amazing. And, um, uh, you know, our partnership with the American Dental Association, working with Michael Graham and Megan Mortimer has been unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I, we, we had the Senate bill before it got to the Senate. I mean, we're, we're getting these, these, these emails and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's just been, been wonderful. And, um, folks do it, 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 this is a time that you need to lean on somebody who understands your business and understands these loan programs and understands your options. And, and, and like Bob was saying, you know, forgiveness is great. But it may not be the best result. It may be. It may be that's what you want, but it may not be the best result. So let's go around one more time. BJ, come on. Some maybe some, some final thoughts for, for, for folks out there. And I want you to, as we do this, give out your contact information one more time. Sure. Thanks, Art. Um, just, you know, reminder out there to take your time, do what's best for your practice, um, plan. Um, we're all here. We're in this together. Please give us a call. The ADCPA website, as Art has, has provided to you, um, you can reach each of us. Uh, we're, we're here. We're here to help. Um, stay strong. And thank you, Art and Mark and Bob. I'm honored to be on here today with you three. Um, the ADCPA is, is just such my family, and it warms my heart to spend any time with, with each of you. Um, and when we do our Zoom meetings and our conferences, and, and I, I, I believe that I could say all of us feel we couldn't have gotten through this without having the ADCPA um, there with us and, 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 and helping us get through each day and, and delivering to our clients. So on that, if uh, you need to reach me, again, it's bj at cu-cpa.com, 803-454-0310. Thanks, sir. Yeah, BJ, I want to throw one more thing out. You and uh, Kate Williford have been doing a little podcasting, haven't you? Tell us about that for a second. Sure. Uh, yes, Kate Williford out of the Atlanta office. Um, we've been doing cocktails with Kate and beverages with BJ. Um, so having a red and white competition of, of what type of wine to have with uh, the PPP madness. Um, and it's been it's been great. It's been an honor to be with Kate. And we've done several webinars and and um, you know, back by popular demand, we keep we keep getting together and doing them. How, how often do you do those? So we've been hosting them on Fridays. Uh, so <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, maybe it's the happy hour part of it. And um, and Kate's on the on the West Coast uh, currently, so we kind of plan timing. And so uh, we'll probably look at next Friday. We we kind of um, we've been waiting art for some guidance before we had another one. Okay, so if they want to get a hold, if they want to find out about your uh, and Kate's podcast, how do they find that out? Sure, you can um, go to our website, cu-cpa.com, 
Or you can also go to the Williford Group. Um, it's TWG.com. Right. I think it's TWGCPA.com. Well, if you go to the ADCPA website, all of our members, go go to find a member and we're all there. Yes. Yes. And Kate, and Kate has it on hers as well. And, and, and we'll keep you up to date. We've also, our, I, I believe you saw them. We did some flow charts and, and got those out there. And I, Oh my goodness. Maybe yeah. even 88 uh, might've, I think I uh, even sent those out. I thought those were. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. So folks, um, BJ, one more time, one more time. What your, your email address, it, BJ and Kate put out these fabulous. I think there were two of them, right? Yeah. Two fabulous flow charts. Like it's like a decision tree. Okay. If I do this, then this happens. Or if I do this regarding the PPP and the EIDL loans and they're golden. So one more time, your, your website and if they, I mean, your email, if they want to get that. Yeah, that's bj at cu-cpa.com. All right. And again, if you have trouble, just, just get get to me and I'll, I'll get it to you. Bob Gray, last comments and then uh, how people can get a hold of you. Yeah, well, of course, my first comment, though, is that BJ needs guidance on Friday for a wine choice. You know, call me because, of course, we got <laughs> the bad call, right? So if you need guidance, I'm the guy. <laughs> that's right. Now, the, the, the only parting comments I would make is seriously, at a time like this, you know, this is the time to really reach out to your accountant. We hope they're all dental specialists, but these, this is not a time to be making this decision on your own. You really, really need to work with an accountant that can help you understand how to maximize your goal, whether that's forgiveness, whether that's employee satisfaction, whether that, you know, pay, you, you have to actually set your own goal and then let someone who understands the law and the new and the rules help you maximize that and do it. And so, I would just tell you that don't go it alone. Doctors, don't go it alone. This is a time to call and reach out for help. And Bob, how do they get a hold of you and your, you, what you said in Illinois, Pennsylvania, that's about where you guys work? Well, actually, we're all over the country. Okay. I you, right before they, we turned off the, uh, the airplanes, uh, although they're coming, I guess they're coming back on. I was out in uh, uh, Napa, California. I do have a dentist in Napa. I've heard a, of Napa. Wonderful reason to have to fly out there on a tax deductible basis. We have clients in New England, again, Florida, Southern California, all over the place. So we'd be happy to answer questions for anybody across the U.S. But the the phone number is area code 717-263-8713. And my email address, again, is bob at rgray, R-G-R-A-Y dot net. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Really appreciate it. Mark Rosen, uh, parting uh, final comments and then how folks can get a hold of you. No, first of all, I mean, I want to thank you again, being the biggest ADCPA cheerleader uh, that there possibly could be. So, uh, but I definitely want to reiterate what uh, BJ and Bob had said. You, you are you're not alone in this. Uh, we're trying to help as much as possible. Uh, I really, really encourage all the dentists and uh, out there to reach out to the dental CPA, uh, you know, your local dental CPA there in order to make sure that you're understanding your options, you're understanding what the loans can and cannot do, uh, how to get the information. Um, so we're trying our best to all put it out there and uh, in different webinars and podcasts and, and whatnot uh, to make sure that, that you're making the right decision, whether it's spending all the money and trying to get forgiven or it's looking at it like a loan uh, for the PPP or even going forward after that. So uh, in order to get a hold of me, uh, my phone number uh, at Rosen and Associates is 508 926 2400. Um, our website 
uh, which we're putting a lot of our webinars that we've put out uh, are on there free to take, uh, rosendentalcpa.com. And then my email address is mrosen at rosendentalcpa.com. So thanks again, Art. Really appreciate having us on for sure. Well, thank you guys. I mean, I, I cannot tell you, uh, there's no way that any of us in the academy could advise our 9,000 dentists without everybody else's help. We've been like a self-help group. Um, and uh, our, our partnership with the American Dental Association, we're so happy to have that. And, and the help of Michael Graham and Megan Mortimer, the ADA is they're going to Congress. They're trying to get tax credits and tax write-offs and things like that. So if you want to get a hold of me, folks, my office number is 714-505-9000. Um, if you want to email me with a question, it's artwiederman at gmail.com. I've answered hundreds of emails for all of you all over the country. Uh, if you want a referral of a dental CPA, um, go to our website at www.adcpa.org. Uh, go to the website of Decisions and Dentistry Magazine, our wonderful partner, great clinical content, great content about what you need to do during COVID-19, and that's www.decisionsindentistry.com. And I will tell you, folks, I have been using a motto that that, that I've been using in all my, I've done like 20, 20 webinars, and, and I'm going to be doing more webinars as we get these uh, guidance uh, from the SBA, and, and it's five words, failure is not an option. If you keep your head in the sand and you don't take action and you don't communicate with your team and you don't communicate with your patients and you don't look at what your office is going to look like once you get to open, uh, it's not going to be pretty. Those doctors that are proactive and doing some of the things we talked about and making sure that they're ready and that their patients know that they're ready, um, those are the ones that are going to thrive and be successful. So God bless every one of you in the dental profession and your families. And I, I pray that you're all safe and healthy, which is all that really matters. And I thank my dear friends, Mark Rosen, BJ Coucher, Bob Gray, and everybody from the Academy of Dental CPAs. We are lifelong bound at the hip friends. So that is it for this episode of The Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. 